This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Well, hello there. Happy Saturday to one and all. 25th day of February, 2023. It's the Dan Grasso Show. Live and in living color right here on 98.7 ESPN. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number for our usual Saturday morning get-together. Harvey Cruz and Joe Leo, they're my pals. They're producing the program this morning. And, you know, I don't know if you want to call this something as exciting as breaking news. But guess what? You know, we're in a giving mood today. You get an extra bonus half hour of the program on this Saturday morning. How about that? An extra 30 minutes because, yeah, because we're taking it right up until little Rangers hockey. Blue shirts down in D.C. to take on the Capitals with the pregame starting at 1230 this afternoon. So we're going to lead you right up into that. Harvey, I don't have the schedule in front of you. Who's, who's, um, who's handling the Rangers uh, pregame today? Do we have that information handy? Hi, Mike. How you doing? Yeah, some guy. Sounds like that. Yep. Man, He's got winning. the Ranger pregame for you. I'll say this early because we'll just get it out of the way. If, if, if you're not a fan of me, you're not a fan of my voice, you don't care for me in particular, which is fine. I'm not going to hold it against you. This is probably not the day to have the radio station on because you'll hear we me suck. in the morning. You'll hear me in the afternoon. You'll hear me at night. That's right. We're going to be even on Nick's duty a little bit later on tonight. Oh, it's the Knickerbockers. Please. Try to keep their winning ways going as they welcome in New Orleans in a special night at MSG. They're going to honor the 1973 championship squad, which is going to be in the house. And we'll have all that stuff covered for you a little bit later on. So, yeah, this is the day of Grasa what right hunt. here on 98.7. Starting with our little program here, extra 30 minutes, taking it right up until Rangers, Capitals, Hockey. Our buddy Don will be on the call. We'll actually hear from Don a little bit later on. He's going to join us around noon to kind of set the scene as to what's happened down in D.C. You know, Don will be lurking in the back to see if maybe there's a sighting of Patrick Kane maybe anywhere near the blue shirts and as far as that is concerned so we'll chop it up with him a little bit later on but but speaking of MSG and speaking of the Knickerbockers you know what let's talk about what happened last night capital because last night I mean the Knicks you know maybe they sent some good vibes in that arena down there that the Rangers can maybe carry with them this afternoon and look you never know how a team is going to fare coming out of a long break like the Knicks just got done with here with the All-Star break. You had almost 10 days for crying out loud. And, you know, they were a little slow out of the shoot last night. Fell behind by as much as 19 in the second quarter of that game. They were sluggish. And if you were with the game early and you saw Kristaps Porzingis going off the way he was in that first quarter, you're saying, A, what year is this? And is this going to be like the KP revenge game? KP had 19 points. In the first quarter, hit five threes. I mean, it looked like this was going to be like, you know, a, a, a 70 spot that he was going to put up on his former mates here last night. But KP really didn't do much for the next two and a half quarters. And I think only scored a couple of more baskets after the first 12 minutes were over with because this was the Julius Randle show last night. And Julius, who went and celebrated the All-Star festivities and, you know, had himself a good time out there in Salt Lake City, the only Nick representative in the All-Star game, even though, of course, Jalen Brunson should have been there, too. But to say that this was a Julius Randle takeover game, I mean, would put, be putting it mildly. You can't ask for anything more than this guy did last night. He was sensational for this team. And I, I, I keep going back to before the season started and what all of our kind of expectations and our hopes were for Julius this season. 
right? What was he going to do? Remember, he was on the outs after last year. You could, you could not have been, as far as athletes in this city are concerned, you know, you couldn't go from the highs to which he experienced a couple of years back where everybody loved him and the MVP chance and all those things, making the all-star team, most improved player, to the depths that he was experiencing a year ago to where he was getting booed at home left and right. The body language was terrible. He's sulking. He's ornery. He's a guy that if the Knicks found a way to unload in the offseason, Knicks fans probably wouldn't have been too upset. So you come into this season and you say, well, I don't know if we're going to get the guy that we saw a couple of years ago, but we sure as hell can't get the guy that we experienced last year. I would say, you know what, give me, the, give me a, a middle ground. I think that was a nice, realistic expectation for Julius Randle for this upcoming season. If you get in between Julius Randle with all the other pieces that the Knicks figure to have for them this year, you know, R.J. Barrett continuing his progression, see what Jalen Brunson gives you after the big money free agent deal. Add all those things together, it still should be good enough to get this team to the playoffs. Well, funny thing happened along the way. And what happened along the way is that Julius Randle, and last night being the latest example, call me crazy, he's playing better than he did two years ago. You're getting a better version. You're getting the best version of Julius Randle that we have seen from him as an NBA player. And I don't think there's any ifs, ands, or buts about it. I mean, the dude literally last night put the team on his back. And you know what made that game even, I think, extra satisfying? Look, I'm not sitting here trying to tell you that the Wizards are, you know, the second coming of the Jordan Bulls. They're not. But what made that win fun last night, not only because it's, you know, first one off the break after the long layoff, you're down by 19 points in the first half, but Jalen Brunson really didn't play that well last night. You know, Jalen Brunson couldn't throw the ball in the ocean from the boat, as they say. And he really didn't have a lot to do with the whole scoring and the comeback and this and that. I mean, you know, he made his plays here and there, but this wasn't vintage Brunson. This wasn't the Brunson that we've seen all the season long, the guy who should have been an all-star this year. So for Randall to put the team on his back and to carry them like he did, I, I mean, the guy just keeps stacking up accomplishments really Game after game after game. And maybe we should give this guy even more credit than we have up until this point. You know, I still think that, you know, if you're giving me a vote, you know, for somebody who watches this team game in and game out, you know, who's been the most important player for them this year? It's been Jalen Brunson. Like, if you want to give the whole quote-unquote MVP, like, I don't think the Knicks are seven games over 500 right now if Jalen Brunson is not on this team. And it's basically just, hey, let's pick a name out of a hat and he's going to be our point guard tonight, like it's been for so many years in the past. But Randall's been outstanding. You know, it's like 1 and 1A. And he's exceeded every type of expectation maybe that you had about him. And, you know, did the show all week with Bart Scott. Hope you were listening. And, you know, you sort of, okay, we're coming back from the All-Star break. What are the expectations going to be like for this team? Like, what's the ceiling? Where could they go? And I'm thinking, all right, well, you know, the five seed, right? I mean, that's realistic enough. They're going to leapfrog the Nets. And, by the way, great effort by Brooklyn last night in Chicago. We'll talk about that a little bit. Somebody should have told them that the – Second half of the season started. Well, even though it's not the second half, but the all-star break was over. When you look at what this team did again last night, and granted, it is only Washington. 
and you look at where they are in the standings right now, is it completely out of the reach and out of the question that this team can even sneak in and get themselves a top four seed? Like right now, they're only three games back of the Cleveland Cavaliers. And I know that the schedule is getting a little bit trickier here over the next couple of weeks. And I'll talk about that in a second. But maybe finishing fifth in the East is, you know, not all this team can accomplish. Because the mix is working right now. And last night, you also incorporated a new element to this thing in the form of Mitchell Robinson. Mitch finally came back after missing the last 14 games. And you wondered, all right, well, how is that going to work with that? Right? How is Tibbs going to reconfigure his rotations? Well, unfortunately for Jericho Sims, and it's really not all that surprising, Jericho Sims was the odd man out last night and probably figures to be, at least for the foreseeable future. But even the contribution you got from Mitchell Robinson last night gave you a double-double, played 28 minutes, stayed out of foul trouble despite the fact that he got one early in the game. And not only that, Mitchell Robinson was on the floor last night during crunch time. And we kind of wondered, well, you know, how is Tom Thibodeau going to go about configuring his lineups here? You know, there was this call during the week for, you know, that we heard from people, you know, Josh Hart should be in the starting lineup. Josh Hart should be scarred. Well, I, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm not a, a proponent of that. I think Josh Hart is fine exactly where he is. And more importantly, Josh Hart is satisfied where he is. And he's not going to be a guy who's going to upset the apple cart or anything like that. And see, Josh Hart in a way came back to earth a little bit last night because I think that fans maybe got a little carried away and a little spoiled from what he gave you the first three games as a member of the Knicks. Josh Hart is not a scorer. You know, he's not the guy who was scoring 17 a pop in his first few games as a Knick. Last night he had four points. You know, this was a guy who was averaging less than 10 with Portland this year. But you know what Josh Hart does? He makes hustle plays. He finds ways to contribute. He laid it out there again last night, both ends of the floor, doing what this team needed to do to take home a victory. And I thought it was interesting, and I thought it was telling last night, that down the stretch of the game in the fourth quarter, who were the five guys that Thibodeau had out on the court? Mitchell Robinson, Julius Randle, Jalen Brunson, Josh Hart, and Emmanuel Quickly. And IQ was great last night, too, off the bench. No sign of R.J. Barrett. And Grimes got in there at the very end, but not for much of that fourth quarter. Those were the five that he trusted. Those are the ones that were out on the floor. And is that going to change moving forward? Who knows? But that was the mix that he thought was going to be the one that would take this team home to a victory last night, and they did. That was a fun one last night. Really and truly was. Look, we're not going to get too carried away because it's Washington. And he got another test tonight against the slumping New Orleans team that comes in a little bit banged up. But back-to-backs are a little bit tricky. You know, especially coming out of the All-Star break. You know, they hit you with three games in four nights. And then he got Boston coming to town on Monday, which is never going to be easy. You got Brooklyn coming in next week, rivalry game and that type of thing. Hey, can you actually beat the Nets two games in a row? Didn't take a hell of a lot for Chicago to get that done last night. So why can't the Knicks beat them? But this schedule is going to be a little tricky. Because the next couple of weeks... Right up until you get to almost late March. Next 13 games that the Knicks play, they're only going to take on three teams that have losing records. Charlotte's one of them, which, by the way, Charlotte's actually won three in a row, which is a season high for them, but they still stink. And then they have that West Coast trip coming up in a couple of weeks where you got to go to the Lakers, and then you got to go to Portland, among others, but they've got losing records. But those games aren't easy 
Anytime you go out west, it's a challenge. But maybe that's a good thing for this Knicks team, you know? Playing on the road this year, winning on the road, kind of has been one of their strengths. <laughs> there's, only, there's only one team in the NBA that has more road wins than the Knicks do, and that's the Celtics. So they figured out this whole, hey, win away from Madison Square Garden thing. Can they find ways to win at MSG? Well, you know what? More consistently, that's the next test. And it comes at you tonight against the New Orleans team, like I said, that really has fallen on some hard times of late, a lot of it having to do with the injuries. But that was a good one last night. And Julius Randle again, just finding a way to validate those all-star credentials and really authoring what has been one hell of a redemption season for him here in this city and with this club. Want to hear from you at 800-919-3776. I know it's only one game out of the break, but, you know, when you look ahead for what this team can accomplish, now, is a top four finish in your mind completely unrealistic and out of the realm of possibility? I don't necessarily think so, but the next two weeks are certainly going to tell us if that's even going to be even a hint of a reality situation. Like I said, bonus half hour today. We're taking it right up until 12.30. Then we got Rangers hockey, Rangers and the Caps. Got a lot of things on the docket today. We'll do plenty of football as we watch, we wait, we listen, we wonder what Aaron Rodgers is thinking, how the Derek Carr market is going to continue to unfold, Daniel Jones and where the Giants are leaning towards, how much of a check they're going to give him. Plenty of football stuff. We'll get into all the baseball. I don't know if you guys had a chance to see it. I was watching it yesterday afternoon. We got our first hint of the pitch clock and the new rules in spring training. And got to be honest with you, mostly favorable reviews. We got both the Mets and Yanks in action a little bit later on this afternoon. First chance to see them here in the spring. So you get geeked up if you're a baseball fan. But we'll start it off talking about the hoops with the Knickerbockers. And we'll also tell you, what happened late last night on the West Coast, if you didn't see this? I don't know if they ran out of light bulbs on the scoreboard out there in L.A. Stan Grasa, on a Saturday morning, 98.7 ESPN. Everything's turning up Dan, 2026. This is the Dan Grasa Show on 98.7 ESPN. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. 
Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. I don't know. Today's actually trying to come off as winter-esque. Like, winter's actually trying to be a thing today. I don't know. They said, like, maybe a little bit of uh, snow flurries, this and that. It's kind of gray. It's dark. It's chilly. We haven't had too many of those so far this season. We'll take it. But you know what? You don't have to. You had your chance, right? You had the last two, three months to kind of be nasty. Like, don't pull this garbage now that we're almost in March. You know, you can maybe start to see the light at the end of the tunnel and spring and baseball and really nice weather. Like, we, we don't have to go there. So let's just, like, keep this thing moving. Take what we've gotten up until this point, and I think we'll all be satisfied here. Nick fans satisfied. With the way their team is playing right now, the way that Julius Randle is absolutely just going out there and crushing the competition like he did last night, tied his career high with 46 points. And afterwards, he spoke to uh, Micah Klein on MSG and talked about carrying this team to victory. It's all mental uh, for me. And, um, you know, I just you know, told myself, you know, this is, this is the time of the year um, that I'm most excited for uh, to make this push, get into the playoffs. And um, usually around this time, uh, first game after the break, it's a little sluggish. So I uh, just wanted to come back and we got back to practice, come back with a little bit of energy, uh, positivity, and, uh, you know, just get the team going. And how about this season that he's having? Is there one thing in particular that he can attribute it to as to why he's been playing this well? It's my mental, man. Um, honestly, my, my mental is, is everything for me. And, uh, you know, I keep that right. I'm a better son, husband, <laughs> father, teammate, everything. So uh, that's just the most important thing for me, just keeping my mental straight. Uh, and, you know, just playing for my teammates. You know, l- let's be fair here. It wasn't all that long ago. I mean, it was actually, what, just a couple of weeks back where we were sitting here and we rewound to the summer of 2019, right? Because we were talking about it more in regards to the Nets. Yeah, you know, go, go, go in the time machine a little bit. And remember the Nets got Kyrie Irving, Nets got Kevin Durant, and the Knicks were shut out from all the big-ticket free agents that summer. Remember Kawhi Leonard went out to Los Angeles to sign with the Clippers and on and on and on, and the Knicks got nobody, right? The Knicks got Julius Randle. Like, that's who they had to quote-unquote settle on as their big-ticket big ticket free agent acquisition. And then a bunch of guys who they signed to, like, one-year deals, right? Like, the, nothing really going on there. And Randle was a guy up until that point that, you know, was coming off of a good season down in New Orleans, but it was New Orleans. And it looked like he was going to be a guy that would be, you know, just a good player in this league. Maybe he'd have to have a couple of stops along the way. He would never be somebody that would necessarily find a home You know, he wasn't always going to be maybe figured as that type of player. But look at it so far. We're talking about a guy now four years in. He's already got himself the contract extension from the Knicks. Okay, so certainly it was good enough to where they said, yeah, we got to bring it back. But look at what he's done here in four years. He's made two all-star teams. The other two seasons, while, again, last year there was a lot that went wrong. And if you watched it and you witnessed it, which we all did, you know, the body language wasn't great. But if you weren't along for the ride and you just, like, look at the statistics, you look at the numbers, they weren't god-awful. I mean, this isn't like Ben Simmons stealing money from the Brooklyn Nets, right? 
I mean, Julius Randle, four years as a member of the New York Knicks right now, averaging 22 points a game, 10 rebounds, almost five assists. And more often than not, has been available. You're not talking about a guy who's had to miss long stretches of the season and nursing injury. So, yeah, I mean, we could sit here and talk about Jalen Brunson, and rightfully so, about how he's one of the best free agent signings that this team has ever had, one of the best free agent signings that this city has ever had and the impact that Brunson has had on this club this year. But how about we also give some props to Julius Randle? Because you know what? I think even more so after what went down last year, I mean, things could have went south. You know, what happens if he didn't commit himself during the offseason? Not just as far as basketball is concerned, but even just demeanor. You know, he could have let this thing just continue to snowball and go in the wrong direction. Instead, you got a guy who committed himself. You heard him talk about his mentals. He's spoken already about the conversations that he had with members of this coaching staff that really got him back on the straight and narrow. Julius Randle has been a very, very, very good acquisition for this basketball team. Now, I think that the reason fans get so caught up in it all and always want to poke holes in this thing is that, well, all right, you brought him along, but is he a number one guy? Is he a franchise player? And no, I mean, am I going to put him in the same category as LeBron James and Kevin Durant and Steph Curry and even Jason Tatum and guys like, you know, true quote-unquote franchise players, number ones, guys you build championship teams around? No, probably not. But you know what? There aren't a lot of those guys in the league. We might only be talking about single digits. I don't even think you can get to 10 of those guys. But then if you're talking about that next group and that next tier, he's on that list. He's on that list. Jalen Brunson, what he's done this year for this team, you know what? He's injecting himself into that conversation. Julius, I think, has certainly a little bit more body of work that you give him the props. But Brunson has been damn good as well. I'm not even going to sit here and bring up the R.J. Barrett thing because that's just going to make everybody angry. Going to make me frustrated as well, right? They wanted to pledge their allegiance to this guy. Well, we didn't get Donovan Mitchell, but but on the day that Donovan Mitchell gets traded to the Cavaliers, we sign R.J. Barrett. We gave him a contract extension. He's here. Yay. What's he been doing? Right? I mean, if we're, if we're going to sit here and tell you that Randall's not a number one, Brunson's not a number one, but they're really, really, really good, then what are we calling R.J. Barrett? A guy who's as unpredictable as the weather sometimes. A guy who, in a case like last night, was nowhere to be found even on the floor during crunch time because he had another one of those games. And this is a guy that Nick fans didn't want to part with in the summertime. This is the guy that they wanted to hold on to essentially a third wheel. And I don't know how much time we're going to continue to just wait and wait and kick the can down the road and hope that things change. But, like, when does the R.J. Barrett thing have an expiration to where you stop giving up these grandiose dreams of him being a true franchise player? Is it just because he was drafted right behind John Morant and Zion that you think that, oh, naturally things are going to fall into place for him? Well, you know what? I got news for you. That's not the way sports works. That's not the way the draft works. Not every guy is going to be a home run. And maybe R.J. Barrett's just a nice little player. But if you want the Knicks to be a nice team, fine. Fine. You know what? You got that right now. Knicks are already a nice little team. A team that's going to make the playoffs. 
They're going to finish in the top six somewhere in the Eastern Conference, so you don't have to concern yourself with the playing tournament. They got all that stuff figured out. But how much higher can this group go? I think there's a limitation. But beyond this year, if you want to really think about taking this team to another level and moving up the upper reaches of the Eastern Conference, well, that guy that's going to take you there, he's not on this team right now. But if you go get him and you pair him with Julius Randle and you pair him with Jalen Brunson, then you got something. Because the guy that you have right now who's that quote-unquote third option, you could do better. could do better. Felt so in the summer, felt so now. All right, let's get to some calls. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Let's say hi to Mitch. He's in East Windsor. He's going to be our leadoff hitter this morning on 98.7 ESPN. Mitch, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Dan. How are you doing? Uh, sorry Mitch, I missed you the whole week. What's going on? Okay. Sorry, man. Glad you got a little work this week, but I, I didn't get a chance to listen to the show. Um, safe to say the Knicks are going to be finished ahead of the Nets, at least in the top six, which is good. I don't see yeah, how good, they uh, don't. I really don't see how they don't. Yeah, right. I mean, the Nets should be taken. I, I don't even know they even have a, a, a first-round pick this year. Um, they got like plenty the, moving the, forward. <laughs> let's see how they can screw that up. You got to like the Knicks, uh, especially with uh, Randall and Mitch Robinson. And I'll just leave these two things a mystery. Um, Ken Reddish, I, I, like, I like Josh Hart. He's a good player. I think the Knicks, the Lakers have to be kicking themselves. And Rose, he doesn't have anything left, really. It's I, I hardly see the guy playing anymore. Is he still hurt? Because he's a borderline Hall of Famer. I can't believe he, him and Josh Harwood, they can make a good uh, second-team second uh, backcourt. Well, see, here's the problem, though, with that, though. And, and, Mitch, thanks for the phone call. At whose expense? You know? Like, Derek Rose, like, okay, so who is that less minutes for? Do you take those minutes away from Emmanuel quickly? No. Does that mean Quentin Grimes sees less action out there? No. There was a report this week a couple of days ago. Uh, who was the team? I'm, I'm trying to remember. There's a team that's out there that, that, that has eyes for Derek Rose. The Suns, if the Knicks decide to buy out Derrick Rose. You believe that he still has a team option next year for about $15.5 million? And the guy doesn't even play. And, of course, the Knicks aren't even going to pick it up. But, man, I mean, NBA, I mean, not that you don't know this already, but NBA money is insane. Insane. I don't know how much Derrick Rose has left. You know, Tibbs likes having him around. And the reason, look, Bottom line, the reason that Derrick Rose is still around right now is it because he gets it. And say what you want about him. Look, Derrick Rose has had a great career. You know, has he maybe not attained the heights that we all thought he was going to reach because of injury? Yeah, I think that that's fair. But this is a guy who, you know, was an MVP once upon a time, all-star, franchise player years and years ago with the Bulls and you know, has managed to still have a long career. And the fact that he kind of serves a little bit of that mentor role now for some of the younger guys, Tibbs loves him. That's why Tibbs likes having him around, even if he's not going to play him, because he knows he's not going to sulk. He knows he's not going to complain. He's no, he knows he's not going to upset the apple cart. But I just don't understand. Like, Phoenix, Phoenix is a veteran team as it is, right? 
what value do they see in having Derrick Rose? I, I just, I mean, he's not going to start there, obviously, but really, like, you, you, you need to bring in a guy who, you know, you don't even know how much he's going to be able to contribute, how much those knees are going to allow him to contribute. I don't get that one. But we'll see. We'll see. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. More of your calls coming up. We'll also get into what went on in Chicago last night, if you want to even call that a game. And if you stayed up late enough to see what went down in L.A., it was almost like they were playing a repeat of the All-Star game, for crying out loud. Dan Grosser Show. We're rolling until 1230 right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network. All lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Taking it right up until 1230. Then we got Rangers hockey coming up this afternoon. Little Saturday matinee down in D.C. I'll have the pregame for you. Don and Dave on the call this afternoon as the Blue Shirts try to get back in the win column. Yeah, what's up with this losing three in a row? That hasn't happened since November. They got to get back on the horse today. Probably Igor back in between the pipes against the Washington team that, let's face it, you know, they're, they're kind of waving the white flag already. They made that trade with the Boston Bruins a couple of days ago to sell off a couple of pending free agents. So you know that... You know, Washington can kind of read the writing on the wall. This is not going to be their season. Um, you know, Ovechkin, this is his second game back after missing time away from the team with the uh, death of a relative there. So that's what I would be a little bit concerned about with the Rangers today, that, you know, you hope Obi doesn't get going and maybe get back in rhythm and, uh, you know, get back on track. That would be the thing to guard against here. And um, Rangers got a weekend double dip, too, back-to-back -back because they're back home tomorrow night. And... L.A. will pay a visit to Madison Square Garden. So we'll have that coverage for you this afternoon. Knicks tonight at MSG on the night they interview or uh, interview. They honor 1973 champs, the golden anniversary celebration with the Pelicans in town. Uh, not exactly a celebratory or a performance that you want to remember last night from the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, that was a I, I mean, Malin is kind of strong, right? But did you see? I mean, just look at the halftime score last night: sixty-three to twenty-nine. Like that—that that, that was a real game, where guys on the Nets actually got paid to be there, and to play. Like they—they—they they, they took home like real American dollars. Sixty-three to twenty-nine. They end up losing the game one thirty-one to eighty-seven. So if you do a little fun math out there, that's a forty-four point shellacking. At the hands of the Chicago Bulls. And by the way, as we just check the box score here for confirmation, 
Jordan, Pippen, Rodman, Kukoc, Horace Grant, Craig Hodges, John Paxson, anybody you want to talk about from those glory years, were not in the lineup last night for the Chicago Bulls. And the Bulls have been one of the biggest disappointments in the NBA this year. And for them to put that butt whooping on the nets like they did last night, youch, youch. It's funny because as of a couple of weeks ago, like people were calling and trying to tell me, like the five net fans out there, that the nets would still be okay. Nets would be a good team, even after getting rid of Kevin Durant. <laughs> Kyrie. <laughs> yeah, that's good. It's, work- it's working out well for him. It's working out well. By the way, I saw KD last night. He looked good sitting in street clothes on the bench there in Phoenix. Maybe he'll play one of these days. Anyway, here's uh, Jock Vaughn. He coaches the Nets. He got a paycheck last night, too. Uh, what the hell happened in that loss last night, Coach? A little bit of everything. I mean, it's not too many areas that we were uh, efficient or played well in, whether it was the fouling, the rebounding, uh, the ability for them to get into our paint and get it to the rim, uh, even transition. So all of the above. Uh, another things that uh, we talked about that we were going to take care of. Uh, so as a group, it's a great lesson for us. Uh, what we did over the break, uh, were you ready to come out of the break? And so it's a lesson for us because we can't afford it. And uh, this is a game out of one out of 24 that we lost. And so I'm looking forward to how we respond. Uh, But it's going to be a test of our collective unit of doing everything you possibly can every single day, off days, recovery days, uh, in order to give your all to your team. The Nets are that guy right now driving in the car down the highway, right? And you know in your mirror, your side mirrors, it says objects in the rear appear are, are closer than they appear. That would be the Knicks in the Nets mirrors because the Knicks are gaining and it's only a game and probably by the time the Nets come to Madison Square Garden coming up on Wednesday you're going to see the Knicks leapfrogging the Nets in the standings probably going to happen 800-919-3776 that is the telephone number Romero in Leonia up next here on 9870 ESPN Romero good morning how are you good morning Dan thanks for taking the call Thanks for making it. What's going on? Thank you. First off, I wanted to say you did a great job this week on Al, uh, Barton Hahn. Um, great job. I enjoyed all of it. Wanted to talk about the Knicks a little bit. I know this is maybe a dead subject, but um, the Knicks are have the most eyeballs on them. New York especially. just have You get the most eyeballs on you, and you're taxed at the highest bracket. Um, I know we've discussed this, but I think as an agent, it, who would – as a good agent, why would you recommend somebody to go to New York and play for New York if you're going to be scrutinized at the highest level and at the same time you're going to be taxed at the highest level? Thanks for letting me make the call. I'll hear your answer afterwards. All right, thank you. Romero, thanks for the phone call. And yeah, it was fun with Bart all week. I mean, he and I go back, and, you know, always fun to mix it up with him. Um, well, the answer to that question is simple. I mean, the money is one thing, cost of living, all that stuff. I, I, I get it. But if you're a competitor – and you have confidence in your own abilities, and you want to leave a mark, and you want to leave a legacy, what better place than New York to win? Right? Like, tonight, I've mentioned it a couple of times, tonight the Knicks are going to be honoring the last champion that they had. 19-freaking-73. That was before a lot of us were even born. Certainly before I was born. 50-freaking years. 50 years. You know, I'll use that comparison to the Rangers. 
You know, when they won in 1994, remember, it had been 54 years between drinks. And all you heard that season was 1940, 1940. So 54 years it took them to win another Stanley Cup. Look at the Knicks. They're at 50 right now. So they're infringing on that 54-year territory. But think about how special that one was in 94. Now, look, it's already been it's almost <laughs> 30 years since that one. But point being, think about how it was celebrated, how it was cherished, how every single one of those guys on that team, they're gods in this city. Mark Messier, I don't know why they haven't built the statue already outside of Madison Square Garden. They should. But Mark Messier, who's a guy, by the way, let's remember, already had a Hall of Fame career in Edmonton. Won plenty of Stanley Cups with the Oilers. You know, if he never played a game for the New York Rangers, he was still going to be one of the most revered hockey players of the 20th century. But then he comes to New York, helps deliver the Stanley Cup in 94, the guarantee, the whole nine yards, wins another one. And now when you think about Marc Messier and his career, you think of him as a Ranger. When he accomplished a hell of a lot more with the Edmonton Oilers, but he stands out as a Ranger and he's a god in this city. And he will be forever. That's what that next person potentially could embrace. You know, how much confidence do you have in your abilities? Win here. You know, whoever the next quarterback, that's what the Jets are trying to sell to whoever the next quarterback is going to be. Whether it's Aaron Rodgers, whether it's Derek Carr. Like Aaron Rodgers, who spent his entire career with the Green Bay Packers. If, God forbid, Aaron Rodgers ever comes to the Jets and wins them that Super Bowl. First guy to do it since Joe Namath, you know, 50-plus years since the Jets won it, Aaron Rodgers will be a god in this city. They'll build the Aaron Rodgers statue outside of MetLife Stadium, or certainly outside of the facility there at Florham Park. I don't know if the Giants would like that statue uh, outside the stadium because they have a say in it too. Maybe they could put the, sta- uh, the statue on, uh, at the rest stop just past the, the uh, stadium there on the turnpike. What is that, the Vince Lombardi? They could build the Aaron Rodgers statue there or rename the rest stop from Vince Lombardi to Aaron Rodgers. That's what I mean. Like, you have a chance to carve out a legacy which is going to be unparalleled. Winning a championship in St. Louis is not the same thing as winning it in New York. Winning a championship in Oklahoma City, not the same as winning it in New York. Hell, winning it in L.A., not the same as winning it in New York. Nothing is like New York. It's hard, but it's rewarding as all hell. But you got to get there. Omar is in Brooklyn. He's up next here on 987. Omar's got to be happy. Knicks haven't lost since they acquired Josh Hart. What's up, Omar? <laughs> Good morning, my friend. Listen, I talked to you last week, and yep. I said uh, when they come after the All-Star and they play Enag in Washington, how much bad I will look. And it was going that way. And when they were tied 102-102, I shut out the phone. I said it's too, co- too close for me. To call, if I watch it, we will lose. I'm going to shut it down. I'm going to watch it after that. I'm not going to do it. I was holding it, putting on the TV. Uh, my son put on the TV. I said, you can go to the other room and watch it. I'm not <laughs> watching. I'm not watching it. It's Didn't look too good. close for me to call because I said, they're coming back from 19 points. I'm telling you, it is too close for me. If they lose this one, I would have a heart break. And I was watching it, and that's why they lose. So I just started. And after that, when they won, I said, oh, my God, thank God. It's not even a playoff game. But let me tell you, same thing with Julius Randle, all the kudos I have not seen. 30 years here, 33 years, I am telling you, I have not, the Mark Messier I have seen, the guarantee, but an athlete 
that have been tortured by the media, by the fan base, and we expect nothing from him. They want to get him out of town. It was. It is going towards Charles Smith way with Julius Randle to change it this way. And my uh, all feeling is when uh, everybody we talk about who is number one, number two in this team. But when uh, the last game before All-Star game, when they have a victory and they were interviewing Joe, uh, Brunson and Julius Randle was uh, 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 like behind him, oh, you get away from me, uh, having fun. I said, I couldn't imagine last year that he will be having that much fun in New York City. My God, I cannot believe, I do not see. This is a strong character. And when he says that, that it was all mental, he got it. Somebody put in his head, it's all mental. It will come back to you. Kudos to him, his work ethic, to be in New York City. Everybody basically throw him out of town and what he is giving me this season and last night. Kudos to him. Julius Randle, you deserve it all. You are... You, I, I'll get your T-shirt now. Don't worry about it. <laughs> there you go, Omar. Good. See, Omar's fired up. And I'll tell you what, too. Another thing last night. They were able to keep Bradley Beal at bay, too. And Bradley Beal's had some big games against the Knicks. You all know that. Remember, the one game that the Knicks beat Washington earlier this year, Bradley Beal didn't even play. And last night in that game, I think there was about a minute, minute and a half left. Knicks were up by three. Mitchell Robinson gets matched up against Bradley Beal down the defensive end of the floor out by the perimeter. And that usually spells trouble. And then all of a sudden, I don't know if like a car drove by or something and Mitchell got distracted, but he just left. Bradley Beal left them all alone at the three-point stripe, and then Beal's like, really, you want me to take this? Because, like, nobody else bothered to pick him up. So he chucks up a three from the wing and nails it. And the game is tied with, like, a minute left, and I'm like, that's not good. Like, th- here we go again. Th- that's typical Knicks. They're not going to be able to emerge from this, right? Well, they did. They did, they did, they did. Brunson made a big play. Then they get a stop down the defensive end of the floor. And then I don't know what the hell Washington was thinking. You're down by two. There was like, I don't know, a second or two difference in the shot clock and the game clock. You had 20-something seconds left in the game. You should have just fouled. You should have just fouled. Give yourself more opportunities to try to eat away at this thing here. And they had multiple chances to foul. And they never did. And then Julius made a hell of a pass with two guys in his face, found Mitchell Robinson, run underneath the basket, and it was a good catch by Mitch and a good lay-in. Think about it. Mitchell's missed what, like a month. And for him to put that one in to put him up four, that was essentially game, set, match. Good execution down the stretch. You know, it's all learning ways, learning how to win. It's important. But, hey, like I got done saying before about Julius Randle, outside of Carmelo Anthony, has there been a Nick who's made two All-Star games since Patrick Ewing? Right? And, and, and I mean, how far back are we going there? So in the last, like, 25 years, has there been another Nick to make, like, multiple all Did Allen Houston make a couple, maybe? He might be the only guy. That's the kind of rarefied air that Julius Randle finds himself in right now. And you know what? He probably hasn't made his last All-Star game as a member of the New York Knicks either. That is, if there even is an All-Star game, after the disgrace that we all saw last week. 800-919-3776. Speaking of the All-Star game, 
There was an actual real NBA game that kind of reminded me of the All-Star game last night that was played out in L.A. We'll talk about that, plus more of your calls. We'll get into the football coming up at the top of the hour. Dan Gross' show, extra half hour today till 1230. Then it's Rangers Hockey on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Defense apparently slept in last night out in L.A. Kings and Clippers last night. This is not a, uh, a typo. This is not a misspeak. Final score of the game. Now, granted, it went into two overtimes. Final score of the game, 176 to 175. In double OT, Sacramento beat the Clippers. Second highest scoring game in NBA history. 351 points combined. The highest scoring game was between Detroit and Denver. They scored 370 in 1983, and we almost got that again last night. But you can't even sit here and say, oh, well, you know, the game went into double overtime. What do you expect? Of course you're going to have a lot of points. Well, yeah, true, but let's say the game didn't go into overtime. Each team still had... What, 100 and 117, 150, 147, 153 apiece at the end of regulation. I mean, what are we doing? Is the NBA going to pretend like at any point, any point, you want to play defense? Like at all, any point at all. Call me crazy, but that's why I'm a little bit more partial to the college game where you got to work your ass off for every single basket. You know, sometimes 60 points is all it takes to win you a big-time college basketball game. We get into the NCAA tournament next month. Like, every possession counts. It's a dogfight. I mean, this crap, 153 apiece at the end of regulation? Uh, so I, I don't go gaga for this stuff. I really and truly don't. I mean, you, it might as well have been the All-Star game. And I know it's an exhibition. I know that nobody, you know, nobody's really going to take a lot of stock into it or whatever. But did you see the ratings for the All-Star game last week were the worst that they've ever been? Because nobody wants to watch that crap at all, even if it is the best players in the world. And even if it is an exhibition, it's not a real game. I mean, you got the head coach of one of the teams come out five minutes after the game and said, that was the worst game I've ever seen in my life. But what can you do? God. Let's go back to the phones. Say hi to Craig. He's in Lansing, Michigan. He's up next here on 98.7. Craig, good morning. How are you? Oh, good morning. I actually have a stat that I had to pull up out of my phone notes real quick, but check this out. Yeah. I, I want to call and, first of all, address the Knicks. Number one market in the world. It's why I'm from Lansing listening to New York Sports Radio. There's more opportunity there. You can get paid more for endorsements. You can be in TV shows and movies. It's not like living in Oklahoma. Or New Orleans. I mean, New Orleans a little better than Oklahoma. But anyways, to your point, I said this to my boy the other night. I said, pick up 
pull any NBA game and they will have shot 70. You know, I pulled up the Lakers in Charlotte, Charlotte, excuse me. And they Charlotte. shot 70, uh, 74 threes and they, and they missed 46 of them. Look, here's the stats. In the previous 20 seasons, only four times did the league leader in blocks average three and a half blocks per game. The 20 years before that, only three times did they not. You know, and sometimes it was four and five blocks per game most of the time. In the last 12 years, only twice did someone average two and a half steals or more per game. And, uh, that, and I had to go back 12 years. Otherwise, it would have been once in 10 years. In the previous 38 seasons before that, only five times did the league leader average less than two and a half steals per game. So 33 out of 38 times. They don't play defense. That's why scoring's up. So to your point, they, you know, it, it, it's, it's not that they're not capable of playing defense. It's that they don't. Well, obviously, I mean, they're capable, and I know that the game is different and everything, Craig, and thanks a lot for the phone call, but doesn't mean you have to like it. You know, it doesn't mean it has to be your cup of tea, and certainly, you know, if you're old enough to remember what basketball used to be like, hell, you don't, I'm not even saying going all the way back to the 80s and 90s, even in the first decade of the 2000s, the game was still played, you know, equally on both ends of the floor where you felt that, all right, I'm watching basketball at least. Now it feels like I'm, I'm watching an arcade game or a playground game more often than not. It's like the games I used to play down at the park when I was a kid, running foals and all that stuff, where it's like, ah, don't even get bothered getting back on defense. Everybody just wanted to cherry pick and score and that type of thing. You know, that's why when LeBron broke the scoring record a couple of weeks ago from Kareem, it's like, okay, I, you know, credit to him and, you know, this era in which he played – he used it to his advantage, and he was the best one, and he got all these points. But, you know, when the guy makes you know 2,000-plus more three-pointers than Kareem Abdul-Jabbar did, I mean, simple math, threes versus twos, you're going to have more points. Remember, the three-ball wasn't even an option for the first half of Kareem's career. But Kareem only made one. Only one. And the influx of the three-point shot has been something certainly over the last decade or so, which you know, has made some of these scores get so out of whack, and that's why now basketball is way more of an offensive game than it used to be. I mean, look up and down, look up and down the league right now. The team that is the lowest scoring club in the NBA averages, you know, 108, 109 points per game. I mean, that's, that's outlandish. That used to be like the league high once upon a time, and now that's the worst team in the league. All right, good first hour. We'll come back. We'll keep the hoops conversation going. Some people want to get in, and we'll also segue into some football as well, like quarterbacks, especially for our two teams here in NYC. Dan Grosser Show, member till 1230 today, right here on 9870 ESPN.